Hello, everyone. This is Preston with PM Sport Talk. I am your host, and we are going to be talking about the world of sports. Dad, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm ready to get in some exciting sport talk today. We have a decent amount of uh, content here today, so let's get rocking and rolling. Sounds good. First, we're going to start with, let's go NHL, Stanley Cup Final. Dad, how about the heroics of Matthew Kachuk again? Once again, he does it again. We've been talking about that all spring, and he does it again. Uh, I was watching this game. It was on late, of course, and it looked like Vegas had it. They were up 2-1. to one. Yep. It's getting late in the third period. Uh-huh, like two minutes. Two left. minutes to go, a little over two minutes to go. And once again, Tuchuk comes in, scores the game-tying goal, goes to overtime, and they win it in overtime. Uh, I really thought they were going to go down 3-0. It looked that way, and the series would have been over. He does it once again. Earlier in the game... He had been knocked out of the game with a vicious check um, mm-hmm. from yeah. uh, Kolasar from Vegas. I didn't think he was going to come back. I had actually had to leave the game for a little bit. When I turned it back on, he was back out there playing. I'm like, what's he doing out there? I thought he was done. And he's out there again. And once again, he comes up with the big play. That was a huge rebound shot, uh, this fresh shot. And then Kachuk was right there just behind the crease to nail that shot and dad is it time to consider after the stanley cup playoffs win or lose for florida matthew kachuk the most clutch player in the nhl right now yeah i think you gotta give it to him now uh, regardless of what even happens uh he's just been phenomenal uh great great uh is i don't even know how to describe this guy uh you didn't see this coming before the playoffs and all of a sudden he's just everywhere and Maybe we didn't see it coming because he f- plays on Florida. Maybe that's why. I mean, maybe he was this good and we just, you know, Florida, who's watching Florida Panther hockey during the regular season? Yeah. I mean, up here in the Northeast, we're watching Bruins and Toronto. Sabres and Sabres and all those, you know, Flyers. We're not watching Florida Panther hockey. And I got to be surprised. I, I, he's just been phenomenal. And right now I would say he is the most clutch player. And he's the best maybe the best all-around player when you consider all that he does for that team. That is a huge, and that, that's a huge take right there. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, what a hit he had uh, game two, again, on Eichel. Oh, yes, that was a big-time hit. I'm sure Sabres fans love that. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Uh, that's what I mean. He's gritty. He, he throws body checks. He makes plays. He scores goals. Uh, he does a little bit of everything, and when you need him the most, he's the guy. You know, Dad, even though they lost the other night, a guy that's been turning it up for the Golden Knights is goaltender Aiden Hill. Yeah, he's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, he was like a third stringer on uh, his last team, and they picked him up, and he's been great. Yeah, he's come up big. And, I mean, even in this game, like you said, even though they lost, I mean, they only let in, what, three goals, and one of them was in overtime. So can't follow him for that loss. Uh, he's been great. He's one of the reasons why they're there. And they may have found a, a diamond in the rough. I mean, did you see that amazing save when they took a shot? I forget who it was on Florida, but Aiden Hill, it, it looked like it was going to go in. He reached over oh, yeah. with a stick. That was amazing. stick, and he made a stick save. Yeah, that was great. Uh, he just came flying across the crease with a stick. Yeah, I was watching that. I thought for sure that was going to be a goal, and boom, he's right there. Uh, yeah, what a great play. He sh- just shows his versatility, how he can move in front of that net. Or, uh, great play from him. Like I said, he kind of came out of nowhere. I hadn't, I hadn't even heard of him before the playoffs, and you know he's been phenomenal. Yeah, so that brings us to tonight's game, um, Saturday night NHL game. Nothing better than that. Stanley Cup Finals. Um, this is, a, I think, the winner of this game wins the series. Obviously, if Vegas wins it, 
they're going up 3-1. But if, if Florida wins it, it, we're tied at two, and I think it's going to go seven. My prediction last week was it's going seven for Florida to win it. So I'm thinking that Florida's going to win tonight, and we're going to have a long series going to seven games, and then Florida gets it in the end. What do you think about that one? Well, yeah, I agree. That's a good take. Uh, Florida, if you let them get rolling, they're kind of a team that's impossible to stop, as you've seen in the playoffs. But the Golden Knights, if they win, they have a really commanding lead. So that, that, I could see that going both ways. Yeah, because you know, before the, the the game the other night, you know, it was 2-0 Vegas. And, you know, if they won that, then it would have been over. But this Florida, resilient Florida team, they pulled it out in overtime. Another player we did forgot to mention was Carter Verhage. Once again, in overtime, it's like to Chuck or Verhage for Florida. It's amazing what these two guys do. Uh, Verhage, I, that's his fourth overtime goal in the playoffs. That's amazing. Yeah, that just goes to show you this team. They just seem to respond when when they're, it looks like they're down and out. That's when they respond. So that's why I think tonight's game is really important for Vegas. Because if they, if they lose, I think Florida's winning it. And uh, like I said, if Florida loses, then I think Vegas has got it. But. Yeah. Isn't it unreal how much overtime games Florida's been in? Seems like every other game's in overtime, and it's for Hagee scoring the overtime goal. <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy. Um, one other thing I'd like to mention is uh, we got an email from Michelle up in near our hometown of Messina, the little town called Brazier Falls. Uh, she sent us an email. Um, her cousin is Derek Lalone, who is the coach of the NHL's Detroit Red Wings. He was named coach uh, last year in 2022. And that team, um, they have been bad for the last four or five years, and they hired him as coach. They had a pretty good year this year. They they really made some improvements. They're right there. A lot of people think that's the next team coming uh, in the next couple years, that they're going to be right back where they used to be. And Derek Lalone is the head coach back from our old hometown of, uh, you know, Brazier Falls is just down the road from where we grew up. Yep. And uh, that's amazing when a guy comes out of uh, a small town like that and makes it big. I uh, just want to give a shout out and thank Michelle for uh, her email and uh, feedback on uh Really appreciate it. Hope we get some more. Well, let's switch gears here, Dad, to the NBA. As last night, uh, we had a Denver Nuggets win, and they go up 3-1, and it's just a matter of time till they win the NBA Finals. Yeah, uh, great win for Denver. Um, yeah, that game really was theirs the whole game. Uh, Miami, the game was close there in the first quarter. Ended up Denver was just up a couple points there at the end of the first, I think. And from there on, it was Denver's game. It was, they pretty much had that, you know, seven. They were pretty much up like seven to 14 points the whole game. Mm-hmm. And you, you just, I kept waiting for a Miami run like they always seem to have. And it just never came. Um, they, I don't want to say it because you can't doubt this or count this team out. But it sure looks like maybe they've run out of gas and Denver's just a little too much for them to handle. Yeah, their role players like such as Caleb Martin and Max Struess they haven't really shown up at all. I mean, there's veterans like Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry. They're hitting some buckets, but they're going to need more than that. Bam Adebayo has been has improved from the Celtics series in this, but it just seems like Denver's just the team that wants it more. Yeah, like you said, those role players, that's how they beat Boston. It wasn't it wasn't Butler and Adebayo that beat Boston. It was all those role players. Mm-hmm. Especially, like you said, Caleb Martin was phenomenal. He's basically been a no-show in this. I mean, he was sick for the first couple games, so I'll give him a break there. But even last night, he didn't do much. I don't know if he's got lingering effects from that illness that he had. I, who knows? But and they're not going to tell us. Gabe Vincent, to me, he was huge. Oh, yeah. Gabe Vincent's been great. 
And last night he was hard, he hardly even played. Mm-hmm. Did I miss something? Did he get hurt or something? Because he was on the bench pretty much the whole second half. And I don't remember anybody saying anything about it, but it sure seemed, is there something going on there that I missed? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Gabe Vincent, he has played great game one, game two, game three. He played really great against the Celtics too. It's just, it's just so baffling how he can be on the bench the whole game. I mean, like you said, is there something we missed? Yeah, I don't remember anybody saying anything about him being hurt. I don't know if just a coach's feel. Spolstra didn't like how he was playing, or maybe a deep, maybe it was a defensive matchup. I don't know, but that was a little shocking to me. Um, seeing him on the bench there, and like you said, they had guys like Kevin Love. I mean, I guess he wanted to go with Love, more size. Maybe that was his thinking there. Mm-hmm. But you know, Jokic was out a lot of that second half because of fouls. So to me, that would have been a great time for Vincent to be in there, kind of go small and, and try to you know light him up a little bit. But I just didn't. I don't understand what happened there. Well, I I yeah, I think that, let's look at it like this: Miami had a lot of role players show up against the Celtics, but it's almost like Denver's role players have been playing even better. Like. Look at you. Look at uh, Bruce Brown coming off the bench. You look at he was great last KCP. Night. Uh, even though he's in the starting lineup, he's definitely been a uh, great shooting factor. Yeah, I, I'm his, still his defense is really good. Too. I'm still yeah. baffled that the Lakers traded him a while ago because uh, they had no shooting after that. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. He's Denver's their loss is Denver's treasure, I guess. Because yeah, that was a weird weird trade or. I don't know, was it free agency or what it was, but they, they didn't keep him, and they sure sure should have. <laughs> Can we just talk about, it wasn't really Jokic last night that was the star. It was Aaron Gordon. He dropped uh, nearly 30 points. Yeah, 27 points for Aaron Gordon, and yeah, he was he was phenomenal in that first half. Uh, he was hitting threes, you know, great shots. His defense, you know, was great as usual. And yeah, it was him in the first half, and then in the second half, it was Bruce Brown, mainly, especially in the fourth quarter. Like you said, they had that that terrible foul call that got Jokic his fifth, which was a brutal call again. But he's, yeah, these NBA refs are not good. Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't know what they were doing there. That was definitely not a foul, but yeah, especially that... to call a fifth foul on the best player in the league. It mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. It's got to be a a major foul to call that there. And it was just a little ticky tacky thing. Anyway, Bruce Brown comes in and he was phenomenal in that fourth quarter, hitting threes. Driving to the lane. I mean, I mean, and then you had Murray. He didn't score a lot, but he was setting them up. He was drawing the double teams, and he was kicking out to these guys. And you know, he played another phenomenal game too. Yeah, and one thing also about Bruce Brown, if you saw, if you were watching in the fourth quarter, the Heat were sort of getting close, biting into that lead, and then Bruce Brown drives into the lane and hits and one floater, and that pretty much uh, salted the game away. Yeah, like you said, they were getting a little bit close there. I don't know what it was, five, seven points. And you're like, okay, here comes Miami. Like you said, Bruce Brown drops it in there. And I think he hit another three after that. That was uh, KCP. Or KCP hit the three right after that. That's right, yeah. And that was it. You knew it was over then. Everybody started leaving. Those fans in Miami, they leave leave early anyway. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, part of me wants to say this is over, Denver and five. But just when you say that, that's when Miami comes back. So I, I'm not exactly sure where the next game's going to go. I st- I think Denver's winning the series, but I wouldn't be shocked if Miami got one more win. You like to think that Denver, you know, they can close it out on home court on uh, Monday, but you just can't quite count that Heat team out. But I don't know. It might be close to that time now. Michael, Nicola picks up his uh, fifth foul three minutes into the fourth quarter. 
He ends up coming back, I think at the four minute mark. Were those the longest five minutes of your life and how did you guys survive them? Guys stepped up. You know, it was, um, they start, we're up 13 to go in the fourth quarter. They start out 8-0 and that coincides with Nicola picking up his fifth foul. So they came out aggressively. They have us on our heels. And usually in the regular season when Nicola went out, things kind of went haywire. Uh, but I can say not just tonight, Mike, but throughout these playoffs, however many games we've played now, the, the non-Nicola minutes have gone really well. And we called a timeout. We ran a play ATO. Jamal knocks it down. Really well executed. And then that unit that was out there, you know, Jamal, Bruce, Jeff, Aaron, and then, you know, uh, KCP or Christian, they defended. I mean, the, the fourth quarter, we held that team to 22 points, 39 from the field. We outscored in the second half, I think, 53 to 44. Uh, and then Bruce Brown in the fourth quarter was amazing. You know, he had, I think, 21 points. 11 of those were in the fourth quarter. They were giving Jamal so much attention that let's get Jamal off the ball, let Bruce make some plays. He was aggressive, got to the basket, made shots, and, uh, and tonight was an impressive performance. I thought Aaron Gordon was huge all night long, man. He, he brought his hard hat tonight and was just a warrior on both ends for us. Well, that was a clip from House of Highlights on YouTube of Michael Malone's interview post-game after game four. Uh, all credits to go to them. And, Dad, that was that was pretty much everything we just broke down. I mean, Michael Malone uh, really did a good job, job coaching these guys up and having, having them make some good plays and realizing when Jamal Murray was getting doubled, it's time to give it to someone else to make plays. That's oh, yeah. what they did with Bruce Brown. Oh, yeah. I, he's really an underrated coach. I really like him. Um, he did a phenomenal job, like you said. They were following Murray all over, double-teaming him. So they said, hey, let's run plays with Bruce Brown. And he came through, and, you know, he was a, probably the main – him and Gordon were the main difference in this game tonight. And yeah, phenomenal. Um, everybody gives Spolstra a lot of credit, saying, you know, he's probably one of the best coaches in the league. Well, I think this guy, Michael Malone, is uh, inching his way up towards the top. I, I really like what he's doing there. Yeah, I agree. Well, Dad, it's time to shift gears here to a developing NFL story. Dalvin Cook. Oh, yeah, what a shock that was. He's been released by Minnesota, and it was official yesterday. Yeah. Man, I guess it wasn't really a shock. Kind of heard waves of this maybe happening. But still, I mean, it is a player at the, still at the peak of his, you know, at prime of his career, and they let him go. I guess, you know, it's mainly a uh, salary cap issue. Uh, it's not because of his play. They're trying, you know, their 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 cap issues are tight there in Minnesota, and uh, you know one of the things I'm really interested in is where's he going to go next? Minnesota's got some backs here they can replace him with. You know, they got some guys they can go with, but where's he going next? Uh, that's fascinating. Uh, a lot of people think Miami and maybe Cleveland. Uh, I hadn't heard Cleveland until today, but I, I guess he has ties with the, with uh, Stefanski, uh, the Cleveland coach, when he used to be up there in Minnesota. So um, yeah, who knows? Uh, Really interesting to see where he's going to go. He'll he'll be a big-time difference maker for somebody. Well, the thing about Cleveland is I'm not taking shots at you for mentioning that, but, like, did, are people forgetting that they have Nick Chubb? Is that just, like, out of the window? I guess people are thinking that uh, Cook's going to be more of a, the, the second back. I don't get that. He's a, he's a top running back in the league. Putting him with Chubb, I don't think that would work. Uh, if they're going to sign Dalvin Cook, I say you either get rid of Chubb do something well, with not, them or just do don't sign them at all because that that's just that would not work at all. I, I know they're not going to do that. They should keep Chubb 
and let Dalvin Cook go somewhere else. I don't think he's the biggest need that the Cleveland needs. If they anything, they should be focusing on DeAndre Hopkins if they want to sign a star free agent. Yeah, you got a good point there. Uh, I guess people are thinking they all. Dalvin Cook, maybe he maybe he doesn't want to be the main guy, but I don't know. Like you say, he he probably still does. Yeah, Miami. That's why Miami's probably a better fit because he would be the main guy there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have some good backs there too, Moster and uh, Young, Moster and uh, the guy from San Francisco. Uh, oh, uh, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. That's who it was. Both of them are from San Francisco. There uh, anyway, but they're not. Uh, Mostert's always hurt, and Wilson's not your main guy. He's more of, and Cook could be that. Main guy, catch passes out of the backfield, and he'd really uh, turn that offense up a notch. Mm-hmm. That's why I think he's the best fit there. And like you say, that Cleveland thing, I mean, they had, um, what's his name from Kansas City there? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. And he, I don't think he was happy there because he wasn't getting the playing time. Mm-hmm. Well, that could be another issue if they did sign Dalvin Cook. They could have the same type of deal there going on where, you know, somebody's not quite happy. Yeah, two guys that should be your number one back. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think he. There's a shot he goes to Cleveland. If he does, then that might be the most idiotic move of Dalvin Cook's career. If he wants to be the main guy. Plus, I I'm not sure that how much money he's going to get out of them either. So I don't. Maybe people are saying that he, you know, he could be on the cheap because you know they cut him and all that, but. He's a top-tier running back. And I also heard Buffalo, and to me that doesn't make sense either. Um, They already have his brother there, and they just signed Harris from New England. Yeah. I don't know where people are coming up. That one, to me, was even more of a surprise. I don't know, just the local media I don't think that's more of a surprise than Cleveland. I'm just saying that because Nick Chubb is a star. Yeah, I know, but I I know Dalvin Cook. You're saying you mentioned uh, Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson, right? If he went to the Dolphins to be the main guy, he still would be for the Bills, though, because Damian Harris and James Cook. James Cook has a chance to be a star. It was his rookie year last year. He had some struggles, but there's still time. Damian Harris, though, he was with a run-heavy offense in New England, and if you look at the Buffalo Bills. They are a pass-heavy offense. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Josh Allen there. Uh, they're looking to throw the ball. But I still don't think he's going to go there. He's not going there. Yeah, yeah. no. He's, there's no shot. Yeah, so, and then I also heard, you know, uh, Dallas. But they have a main guy there already. Tony Pollard. They're not, they just got rid of Elliott. They're not going to bring in Dalvin Cook. If they bring in Dalvin Cook, if I'm Tony Pollard, I'd be going, what the heck are you doing? You release Ezekiel Elliott to give me a shot to be the RB1. And you sign this guy and bring another guy to steal my spot like again. I think Tony Pollard should have been moved to RB1 during the season. I mean, they trusted in Elliott way too much. And I think Tony Pollard has a chance to be a top five running back in this league. Yeah, that's Jerry Jones. He he always plays favorites. He loves Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I was surprised they actually let him go. There's also rumors that they might bring him back on a cheaper contract. I don't know. That's just Jerry Jones for you. But, um, yeah, that's why I think it's Miami for uh, for Cook to be the best fit for him. He's from down there. You know, he played college at Florida State. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I think that's where he's going to want to go. There's something I want to get into on the baseball world. This week, it's Red Sox and Yankees. You know the history oh, yeah. and the rivalry. It's my favorite time of year. There's a discussion I want to say. So I've been thinking about this for a while after seeing this interview by Nestor Cortez. Uh is the Red Sox and Yankees uh, series going to be the same anymore as it was back in the day? And 
Will it ever be the same again? For me personally, it's not the same. Um, I remember watching those games in the uh, 90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were those series were must-watch. Um, never missed them. Always watched them. They were just great. Both teams were very good then. Yeah. It was either seemed like it was either the Red Sox in the World Series or the Yankees in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Those were great times. And now, it's a little different now. The Yankees are always good. They haven't been to the World Series but they're always good. They're always either first or second in the division. They're always in the playoffs. They usually win a playoff series. The Red Sox are kind of funny. I mean, they'll go three or four years where they're not very good at all, and then they'll have a great season like they did a few years ago when they won the World Series. Yeah. And now they've been bad again for a while. Mm-hmm. So there's not that level of competition that I think we had back then, and you don't have the stars either. I mean, there's no stars on – the Red Sox. The Yankees have Judge and Stanton and Garrett Cole. Yeah, they have all those guys. And the Red Sox, they have Raphael Devers, who the casual, I mean, us knowing baseball, we know, but the casual fan doesn't know them. They know Aaron Judge. And I just don't think there's that. It doesn't have the same feel. Will it ever get back to where it was? I don't know. Uh, I don't see it anytime soon. Yeah, and anytime soon, I don't think so either. Uh, Devers is a really good player, but, I mean, the Red Sox have all right players. I mean, Duvall's been all right this year, but no one's going to know him. Verdugo, you, no one's going to know him. Yeah, like, yeah, I see what you're saying there. They have no star pitchers either. Yeah, their pitching has been horrible for a while now. I mean, they had Chris Sale, but he he's shot, I think. I mean, he, yeah, he's been— He's hurt all the time. Yeah, and he had to get— go, Put down to triple A, double A? Yeah, I mean, he just, he's had a horrible, he had a couple of decent games and then he's right back to, you know, where he was, which is not good for them. And then, and, you know, the Yankees, and the Yankees, they have that Cole, but that's about it for them too. Back when the, these rivalries were great, both teams had, you know, two or three top pitchers. They all had, they had like three or four guys in, regular lineup that were stars. You just don't have that star power anymore. That's why I think the seri- the the rivalry is not what it was. Yeah. It, I mean, can it get there? Sure it can. I don't think it's anytime soon because you've got the Rays and you've got the Orioles that are up-and-coming teams in that division. And I, I just think that Boston, I think the Yankees will be there because they have so much money and they just, they're always there. But the Red Sox, I just don't think they're there. They're going to be down and out for a while. Speaking of the up-and-coming teams, Nestor Cortez said in an interview, I'm not going to say, and I quote, because it's not, it's something along the lines of saying this. He was like, well, it's, he was asked about it, about the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. And he said, well, it's not going to, it's not right now, it's not the same as guys, we teams we play, such as Blue Jays, Rays. Red Sox aren't what they used to be. That's what he's, something along the lines of that. Yeah, that's what I mean. The, the Yankees, they're not even looking at them as that rivalry. They're looking at other teams. Like they probably have more of a rivalry with the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays do have stars. Mm-hmm. Even though they haven't won anything, but they have some bigger names. Guerrero. And so they're probably looking at them more as a rivalry in the Rays. So ah, that's why I think Cortez is right on with that. Um. Well, one more thing. Do you remember, I just want to point out, do you remember the days when they would be like, purposely pitching at people, the charge mounds, like... Yeah, it was crazy. Rodriguez, a couple of years ago, like, 
maybe just a decade ago. Rodriguez and Boston, they were they hit him. The pitcher hit him twice. Then the, he hits a home run later on in the game, stuff like that. And uh, Pedro Martinez, uh, th- the infamous Don Zimmer incident. Yeah, those. Yeah, those are great, Rob. <laughs> those were games were so much fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, you just don't have that. I, I don't think you have that in baseball, period, anymore. It's a different time. Things don't get as heated, as I'll say, as they used to back then because the rules are different. And, yeah, that kind of hurts these rivalries a little bit. Well, Dad, it's time for Plays of the Week. Uh, starting off with the wrist shot. Hits off the post. There he is. Matthew Kachuk hits it in. And later on, an overtime win in the game. Oh, that was a great play by uh, Chuck once again, showing up right when his team needs him the most. Great play. Uh, I'm going to go from last night's game in the NBA. Uh, the pass to KCP hits the dagger three, and that was all she wrote for the Miami Heat. That game was over. I'm also going to go to the NBA with Bam Adebayo. He runs down the court with the hustle and has a huge Huge block on uh, Jamal Murray, I believe it was, looking like shades of LeBron against the Warriors oh, in yeah. 2016. That was a great play by him. They hustled all the way down court. That was a huge play. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out for him in the end. Dad, unfortunately, we're out of time, but we can't go without our predictions of the week. Would you like to go first? Yeah, I'll go with tonight's game in the NHL. I got uh, Florida taking... Uh, Winning over Vegas tonight. Uh, I'm going to predict another overtime game. Hopefully that's the case. And I'm going to go to the NBA because why not? And I'm going to do Denver takes the series in five. I think you're spot on with that one. You can reach us at our email as we got an email this week. As you heard, uh, pmsportstalk at gmail.com. You can reach us there if you have any questions or if you want us to talk about anything you are interested in. So stay tuned for that. And everyone have a good week and weekend, and we'll see you on the next episode.